It's taken me a long time, but I believe I've finally learned an important lesson. Just because I think it, doesn't make it true. That judgment I may have about you, or about life, or about myself, it just may be inaccurate. But this leads me to a fairly large quandary. If everything I think isn't correct, if my self-chatter isn't all genius and in the best interest of all those around me, how then do I discern what is true from what is false? For deep down I know, through this invisible yet powerful thing I'm calling self-chatter, that I cannot locate but seems constant no matter what, I know is either the medium to my freedom or to building and keeping me in a prison and the possible experiences of a better life. Dan Harris, an anchor for Nightline, wrote a book called 10% Happier, How I Tamed the Voice in My Head, Reduced Stress Without Losing My Edge, and Found Self-Help That Actually Works, A True Story. And he has a great opening line. I initially wanted to call this book The Voice in My Head is an Asshole. However, that title was deemed inappropriate for a man whose day job requires him to abide by FCC decency standards. He goes on to describe the activity of the inner self-chatter. To be clear, I'm not talking about hearing voices. I'm talking about the internal narrator, the most intimate part of our lives. The voice comes braying in as soon as we open our eyes in the morning and then heckles us all day long with an air horn. It's a fever swamp of urges, desires, and judgments. It's fixated on the past and the future to the detriment of the here and now. It's what has us reaching into the fridge when we're not hungry, losing our temper when we know it's not really in our best interest, and pruning our inboxes when we're ostensibly engaged in conversation with other human beings. Our inner chatter isn't all bad, of course. Sometimes it's creative, generous, or funny. But if we don't pay close attention, which very few of us are taught how to do, it can be a malevolent puppeteer. Not to give away the ending, but Buddhist meditation is ultimately the way in which Harris is able to help himself. He concludes in a sort of practicality, not that meditation has brought him into enlightenment, but has helped him become 10% happier. Our ability to listen better to those around us all starts in our own consciousness. Going deeper into listening requires going deeper within ourselves. The way to discern and get closest to what is true within ourselves is to listen. We have to listen to ourselves, hear what we have to say, Think about it, and either agree or reject, or think again. Meditation, to me, is a great method of getting to a point where we can really listen to ourselves. Unfortunately, a lot of people approach meditation with the wrong intentions. They don't want to listen to the chatter in their heads. They want to shut it up. I can tell you in my own life, I don't want to still my mind. That's kind of like shutting down a computer to say it's now in fine working order. I don't want to stop my mind. I just want to think with clarity. I want to be able to trust my mind instead of feeling like I'm being abused by it. If you're trying to quiet your mind, good luck. I'm not even certain that death stops it. But if you can learn to listen to yourself, you can help make it more likely that you live from a foundation of supportive beliefs about yourself instead of a field of landmines filled with self-criticism, deceit, and sabotage. Perhaps all the senseless chatter in our heads is but a defense mechanism against the fear of hearing what it is we really think and feel. If we were more patient and caring for ourselves, we would call forth what really needed to be heard. Thomas Merton said, The purest faith has to be tested by silence, in which we listen for the unexpected, in which we are open to what we do not yet know, and in which we slowly and gradually prepare for the day when we will reach out to a new level of being with God. Today, ideally, I let myself say whatever I want interiorly. But through mindfulness, I try only to let myself say what I mean to say. It doesn't always work, but I'm getting better at it. When I listen more closely to myself, even my ramblings become clear. I sift through the banter and get to the point. Who am I? Who am I choosing to be? What do I want? These are not easy answers. 
They require a willingness to dig deep and hang around for a while without an assumption about what should be coming forward. And when I can come into terms with myself, coming into terms with life around me is that much easier.